Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks today. And as always, I'm just honored to have my friend uh, and co-host and co-worker Stephanie Wesco with me. How are you today, Stephanie? Should I just go with rejoicing in the Lord? I think you Is should through the book of Philippians. I think you should just hang okay. right there at rejoicing <laughs> with the Lord. That should be your place. That's, that should be your watchwords. Okay. So how are you today? I'm rejoicing in the Lord. Thank God we got there, man. I, I'm so <laughs> glad about that. Folks, we're just having a great time, I think, looking at God's word. And, you know, we're taking it uh, day by day, verse by verse, having the opportunity this morning to look at this with you and to talk about what God did there uh, with Paul. He's in jail. He's in Rome. He's writing a book uh, uh, or a letter to the church of Philippi. And and uh, man, things are weird for Paul right now. You know, he's handcuffed. He's shackled. He's been constantly worried about others, Stephanie, constantly. That whole idea of joy, you know, and uh, Jesus first when we pray, others and and then yourself, and how we should live our life, Jesus, others, and then yourself. And, and, and I think Paul's just, he's living that out. He's, he's putting it out there, man. He's, he, he's living good. And, and we find ourselves, we're, we're in the book of Philippians. We find ourselves in chapter number three, starting in verse 12. And, you know, Stephanie and I were just talking a few moments ago again about how we like the, going through this in an expository way. Uh, to look at each verse, maybe even a smaller micronism or a micro sentence or a small sentence of a particular verse. It seems to be helping us as we're trying to portray this message and help you guys out and learn with you and for you. And uh, I certainly pray, we just prayed, Stephanie and I did, and we just prayed that if there's someone out there who's not accepted the Lord, that, oh, whatever it takes, you'd get that right. And we prayed that, that these words, that God's words, not what we're doing, but what we're reading, what we're talking about, what we're sharing, would penetrate your hearts, minds, and lives. Mm-hmm. And, and here we are, we're in Philippians 3, we're in verse 12, and it says, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, so think about Paul's life living up to this. And that's what immediately came to my mind was Paul getting saved and what happened up to being in Rome and, and being in jail. There were a lot of things. He gets saved. We know he gets saved on the road to Damascus. And boy, did he stir up the city according to Acts chapter 9. Then he goes on to Arabia. And uh, he talks about the Old Testament revelation of Christ. He's leading people to the Lord. Things are going on. He coined expressions and words that God gave him that had never been used before. So he evangelized there in Arabia and Tarsus and uh, Sicilia. And then he goes on. He moves to the Syrian Antioch at the urging of Barnabas. The apostle made a great impact on the work in that city. Paul was just all about that. Then he evangelized in Cyprus and he founded a string of churches in Galatia. Antioch, and we know the church in Antioch was a missions church. That's the first place they were called Christians, and and we could continue on. But Paul was out there working. This isn't a guy uh, that's just talking here. This is a guy that was out planting churches. This is a guy that stood up on Mars Hill in front of all those intellectuals in front of that university. Uh, 
community and students and these great minds and these high IQs and talked about how Jesus could save them. This is a guy that can make a difference and, uh, or, and made a difference. And, and here he is, uh, Stephanie, and he's saying, not as though I have already attained either already perfect. He's saying, you know, even after years of traveling and teaching and exhorting people, I'm in Rome and I'm a prisoner. Uh, you know, he's influenced at this point probably hundreds and scores and thousands of people. And, and, uh, and, he, and he says, you know, not as though I've already attained perfect. I'm not there. I'm not there is what he's saying, Stephanie. I'm just not there. And, uh, and, and I think that's a reminder for all of us. And when we hear that verse, not as though I had already attained, either we're already perfect. What comes to your mind when Paul says that? Well, I mean, I think it's, I there's this um, almost like a warning that God's trying to give um, here because Paul's saying from a, from a human perspective, Paul had attained. From yeah. a human perspective, you know, he's gone through, he's shown us that, you know, regarding the law, he was blameless He of his own righteousness. You know, he was a great guy when it came to his own righteousness, when it came to the law. And then after salvation, you know, he tells us as we went through verses, you know, 8, 9, 10, that, you know, he's been willing to suffer the loss of all of those things to know Christ and understands that, you know, it has nothing to do with his own righteousness. But Paul, really, when it came from, from a human perspective, he had attained. He was perfect. Um, but that, but he's saying in the end, he still has to follow after Christ. He still has to put all of his focus on becoming who Christ has for him to be because yeah. he can't do it himself. Right. And so there's that constant following after. There's that constant running that race to to attain, to be all that Christ has for him to be. And he knows that that's going to be a lifelong commitment to yeah. continuing to become more changed into the image of who Christ is. Exactly. And I think, you know, going to the end of 12 there, it says, I follow after, if that I may be apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Jesus Christ. And He's kind of borrowing the language from an athlete. He says, you know, I'm pressing on. I'm seizing what I've got and what's been seized, but I'm moving on. I'm stepping out. I'm readjusting my sights. I'm, I'm ready to keep going. There's something I need to keep working. And, and, and I think, you know, Stephanie, I think the hardest thing here for us as humans is we're, you know, we're, we're these finite creatures. And we viewed our yeah. growing up as the jobs our parents gave us and getting things done when we got married and having the kids and getting the house and buying the car and having enough money coming in and the insurance policies and on and on and on. And every time we achieve one of those goals that are earthly, every time we achieve one of those goals that are part of the life we're going through, we go, I did it. I'm all done. And now all of a sudden, Paul's saying, wait a minute. I follow after. I'm going to keep going. I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. I'm going to keep going. And uh, I think what I think the word here, I think the push is that that we need to do something here, Stephanie. I mean, what are you seeing? I mean, we need to keep going. Yeah, God doesn't give us a choice to quit. And, um, you know, there's never, when I look at, I've heard it preached on many times, you know, the Christian armor. 
in Ephesians 6, and when I read that passage, there's no, there's no armor given for our back. There's only armor given for our front. In other words, we're staying in the battle. Yeah. We're not, we're not turning our back on God and who he is. And that's, that's why there's just a constant, um, having to reach forth. There's that constant having to run the race and it's a, it's work. It's work, especially, I think there's a whole other level of work and I'm not, if pride becomes involved, then, then there's sin involved. So, but when you have, so I'm not trying to say this from a pride perspective because, um, there's nothing good in me. But when you have, when you've been through trauma and PTSD, there's another element involved. And in some ways it's an extra gift from the Lord because I feel like there's an extra element of weakness involved because we deal with either triggers or um, guilt, survivor's guilt, or um, just guilt that the devil tries to put on us for a specific situation. And, you know, there's some times where perhaps you've been through trauma and perhaps maybe in some way it was your fault. Um, There's a lot of trauma that is not in any way, shape, or form someone's fault. There are sometimes we go through trauma that it is in some way, shape, or form our fault. If, you know, if you're in an accident because you were drunk driving and it, it results in you having tra- um, effects of trauma, that is your fault. You know, the drunk driving was your decision. Um, so I'm not trying to say um, there's no consequences for sin or anything like that, but when you're dealing with the effects of trauma on your life, in some, as much of a, um, sometimes it feels like, you know, you've got, ropes tied around you with PTSD or whatever. Yeah. You, you, in some ways it's a gift because we get a chance to see God be even stronger in our, in our weakness. We get a chance to see God pour another level of grace. Yeah, that's good. right? And, and I think it's just a lot of this has to do with your perspective and Paul had to make that choice and he gets into that in verse 13, but of forgetting the things which were behind, be they good, be they bad. If we focus on the past and I understand there's flashbacks, there's triggers, there's things that bring the past to you, even after you've done your best to forget it. And, um, so I'm not discounting any of that, but where we don't choose to dwell on it because the more we choose to dwell on those trauma events and those things that the devil has sought to use to destroy us, when we choose to dwell there and, and instead instead of choosing to dwell on what God is doing in our lives now and focus on what he has for us to do, we will not be able to follow after. We will not be able to be living Jesus and living that life of faith. Yeah. And, um, and that's pretty so significant right here, now. Yeah. Where he's going. Yeah. That's pretty significant. And, you know, yeah, exactly. And, and, and I think here in verse 13, in the beginning of 13, it kind of goes with what you're saying. And that's a good, you know, you made a great point there about those people with hurting hearts, with PTSD, with terrible triggers, with terrible things going on in their life. 
and you're saying, you know, maybe this is a greater blessing in our relationship with God. So she's not saying, hey, it's great that uh, you saw your buddy die. It's great that you went through these things. It's great that you were molested. Of course not. What she's saying is maybe this is something. And I really liked what she said. You guys hear me said amen or yell or whatever I said. But I think it does bring us closer to God. And, and look what it says here in 13a. And I love that you said that, Stephanie. And it says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. And you know what he's talking about there? He says, I don't think I've grasped everything yet. I don't think yeah. I know everything. I need to renew my sights every single day. There need, you know, I, I haven't reached this end. I haven't stopped and went, I'm there. I remember when Debbie was pregnant for Doug, our first child, and we had been married eight years before she got, we had Doug, uh, almost eight years of marriage, Doug was born. And so we had been married seven years and and change when Debbie got pregnant, seven and a half years or so. And, and uh, I mean, it was, it was great excitement and, uh, uh, and things like that. But at about six months pregnant, uh, Debbie went into hospital and she had what was called preeclampsia and the baby wasn't big enough. And there were all these different things going on. And, and so for the next week, she lived at Walter Reed Army Medical Center in Washington, D.C. And, and uh, for the next month, and uh, I remember as that month went on, I was almost there every single day, every single minute. People at work said, don't even bother coming to work. You're kind of ruining uh, all of our days. You need to be with Debbie. And they were awesome. And uh, I was working there in Washington, D.C. But I remember uh, Doug finally came and he came at seven months. And uh, uh, I remember maybe a week or two beyond seven months. But I remember when Debbie gave birth, I was in the room. Everybody was worried about me passing out and freaking out and all those kind of things. They, they just think I'm the passing out type, Stephanie. But anyway, she gave birth to Doug. And I remember the doctor held Doug up and he handed him to me and I held Doug in my arms and he weighed five pounds, 10 ounces. Nobody could believe how much weight he had gained in that month. They kept him there in the hospital and kept that baby in there cooking. And uh, I remember I looked at the doctor and I said, it's finally over, just like that. And the doctor looked at me and said, it's just begun, my friend. And boy, and I think Paul's looking at us and saying, it's just begun. You know, it's, it's just begun. Yeah. We're at a place now where we need to refocus our sights. We need to keep going. And, and I think, it, and Stephanie, I'm going to give you a second. I just wanted to read that uh, sentence there, the next sentence. This one thing that I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth on those things which are ahead. And so he's talking about a fresh start, that thing that I do and that thing that I do. Everybody needs to do that, Stephanie. How do we do that? I'm sorry, the phone cut out. Oh, I Can hate you say that. say that again? Oh, sorry, the verse there. Uh, this one thing that I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, and he's saying, leaving those things behind us, yeah. leaving the past behind us, putting the junk behind us, putting the bad news behind us, putting the terrible things behind us and looking forward. And I gave you one of those hard questions I give you every podcast. How? How do we do that? Yeah. yeah. You get that every... <laughs> I heard the how. I missed the, yeah. the, the previous statement. Um, well, we always come back to this. Um, you have, I think for, you know, your brain you have that inflow there has to be an outflow and choosing to let that outflow include um god you know god gives us the grace paul's not saying you do a mindy race on yourself you can't um because that's impossible god's the only one who can who can forget in this true sense of 
forgetting where it's removed, it's erased, it's forever obliterated. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think there's it's very important here to point out Paul's not saying you open yourself up to be abused again. You don't, he's not saying you just let all that stuff go by the wayside and just keep living life. No, he's not saying to be a fool, fool or um, ignorant in your, in, as you proceed in your life. But what Paul's talking about here is forgetting in the sense of we can't dwell on our past. We can't live in our past. And I think there's also the, I think the guilt plays a huge factor here. And I think in the past we've talked about survivor's guilt um, versus, you know, and that condemnation that comes with that versus Holy Spirit conviction from God, you know, in, in getting sin right. And I think there's a, there's the devil wants to constantly be throwing our past and all of its baggage in our face. Yeah. And he wants to create this heavy burden that even after, you know, you may have been saved, you may have confessed your sin. Um, you may be, you know, doing your best, um, even as a saved person to wade through and make progress and take steps towards healing. If you've been through trauma and different things and the devil's constantly throwing your past memories, things in your face to tear you down. Yeah. And he's, you know, the devil is, is, he's the God of destruction. Oh, and that's all he's, he's the got. the God of confusion. Yeah. And his goal is to destroy you by whatever means he can. And Paul here is speaking to believers. He starts this out with brethren. So this whole verse, we're taught, he's talking to believers here. Yeah. And so as believers, the devil can't take away our salvation. That's right. But he can try to take away our joy. He can try to take away our fulfillment. He can try to fill us with fear, with um, with guilt that is not guilt from God, not a conviction guilt, but a guilt of, you you know, you destroyed your life. You can never do such and such for God because of your past. And I believe Paul dealt with that. For Paul to put that in here yeah. and to put that, he put that in other epistles. Paul dealt with that. He had to, I think he had to do some spiritual work or confrontation with Satan over this because Paul had, you know, he had stood by while Stephen was murdered. He had been a part of, of heavy, heavy persecution of believers. And I think there was a real sense in where the devil tried to use that against Paul. I think so. He tried to yeah. use all of that as fiery darts. And Paul is saying here, I have to forget those things which are behind. Yeah. I've confessed them. I have made things right. Yeah. I have a clear conscience before God and before men. And this is not, you know, the past that yeah. keeps getting put in my face. That's not God put doing that. So I have to make a choice. Yep. to say, get thee behind me, Satan, and forget the past. I'm not dwelling there. That is the past. God has forgiven it. It's under the blood. And I have to choose to reach forth to the things which are before. Because God has a plan. If you've been, Paul, Paul realized this, and for every person listening, no matter what you have been through in your life, no matter what you have done that you feel like has made you unusable or has destroyed you or scarred you God is bigger than your past. He is. he is bigger than anything you've experienced and coming to that point of 
realizing that God has a beautiful purpose for your life, no matter what your past is included. God has a beautiful purpose for your life and realizing that you need to focus on that. You need to focus on getting to know him and focus on what, Lord, what do you have for me to do today? That's all a part of healing and dwelling in the past will keep you from healing because it'll keep that, that, that wound that God is trying to heal cannot be healed. If you make the choice to, to keep scraping off, God's stitches or whatever way God is seeking to help you heal. If you refuse the great medicine, if you refuse his care and healing and choose to dwell there and revel or just, you know, almost like a pig returning to the mire, just where you just want to think about it and you're dwelling there, you can't grow. You can't make that progress. And I think that's what Paul's saying here is I have to forget that. And I have to choose to look forward. I have to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith, and race God has set for me. And verse 14, he says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. God has a high calling for every one of his children. Mm. And up to fulfill that high calling, to see it, to have that clear vision, and to, you know, for God's word to be that lamp to your feet and light to your path. You have to choose to forget. And that doesn't mean me. If there was a mind erase machine, I have told you a thousand times, Doug, if there was a mind erase machine, I'd be first in line to buy it. Would all be but billionaires. God has those memories. Yeah. Yes. But, but God has memories there yeah. for us to well, keep and us th- focused on where we're supposed to be. Yeah. And I think, I, you know, as you moved forward there to 14, I press toward the mark of the prize. Again, you know, it's like he's running this race. He's, he's you know, races were big in, in Roman times and in Olympics and Olympiad and all those thoughts. And he's continuously here in the book of Philippians, pressing, running, continuing on, no matter what his breath feels like, no matter what the devil's throwing at him, because the devil will continuously want to come back on you. He'll continuously want you to regurgitate, to re-chew on these things that you did in your life. He wants to remind you of November 1st, uh, 2004, or whatever that uh, October 30th, uh, Stephanie, and he wants to remind you of that flight home from Cameroon. He wants to remind me of October 15th, 1993. He wants to remind you people listening today who have those stresses, who've been through those PTSD events. The devil wants to bring us back and give us guilt to take away the victory in our life. Yet Paul's saying, I'm pressing toward the mark of the prize. He said, I'm not going to live here. I'm not living in that place where the devil has dominion over me. I'm not living in that place where I'm doing nothing. I'm not laying on my couch all day. I, I'm going to move forward. I'm going to finish this race. I'm, and I'm doing it because of God. You see, the prize here is a dedication to God. The prize is to stand in front of God and know that you've done everything you could. The prize is to stand in front of God and know that you've made a difference because God used you. The prize is to stand in front of God and say, I didn't just give up. I trusted you. The prize is to, to just sell out to God. I think, I think the prize is the life you live. It's rejoicing in the Lord as Stephanie started this podcast. It's joy. It's, it's living at a different area code. It's living in a different address. It's going somewhere better. It's living a better life. And, and friends, we need to do that. We can't live where we are. 
God changed our names. He gave us that name Christian. God wants us to step out in obedience. And like Stephanie said, we, we can't live in that bad place anymore. We need to press toward that high mark. We need to keep on going. The race keeps on going. We're all in. Folks, it's been an honor to speak with you today. I, I think we uh, consider this one of the great honors of our day is to be able to get on here and do our podcast and share it with each of you. Make sure you look us up on our personal pages or drop us a line on Helpful Wounded Spirits. We sure do love you folks. We're praying for you every day. May God bless you using this 118th uh, podcast and may you press. May you press, my friends. May you press toward that high mark. Uh, the high call in there, it says, I press toward the mark, press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling, press toward that mark. And then it goes on of God in Jesus Christ. We sure do love you. We hope you have a great day. May God bless you. Thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources and to help continue this podcast, visit us at Wounded Spirits dot com.